Welcome to the Holy Saviour podcast. We continue our series looking at the practice of community and the theme of family today. Adrian Jacob unpacks that with the readings from Mark chapter 3 verses 31 to 35 and Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 to 7. Do hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm stood here this morning to continue our theme about community and today we're going to be looking at the subject of family. Now for some of you here, uh, you will have a strong basis of, of, of strong family values for some of you here. But for some, perhaps the idea of family does not necessarily inspire positive images. Whether this is the modern Western drive of self over collective, where our own desires and our happiness is more important than that of any of the group or community or family we belong to. Or whether it's the depiction of modern family life on the big and small screen, being either dysfunctional families like the Simpsons, power seeking families like the Lannisters or the Cordelloni family, or even families that are a bit bland and a bit like the Waltons. <laughs> the connotation of family, uh, of family roles, it may be the connotation of family or traditional family roles within the family. Or it may well be that you come from an extended family through breakup of marriage or relationships, a bit like myself. Or you may even carry scars, both mentally and physically, of previous family experiences and the idea of living as a family. Perhaps it's something that's not ideal for most people. So my hope and my prayer for today is that we all walk away from this with a new or a restored understanding of what it means for us to be part of God's family. So with that in mind, I want to start with a very short prayer. Thank you, God, you have brought us into this family. And we pray that you open up our hearts to this reality. And you help us in this understanding. And that we lay down at your feet all our fears around family that may not be helpful in understanding God's word. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so in order to do this, we're going to look at the reading from Mark chapter 3 that I know Roger just read, went through us. And also we're going to look at Galatians 4, 4 to 7. And for those of you who may be new to the church, this may be an opportunity for you to understand why this concept of family is so important to us. And if you are familiar with church life, perhaps it gives you a chance to reflect on not only how is the church doing, but perhaps yourself as well. So in first century Israel, when this reading was, uh, came about, the concept of living as a family was probably just as challenging to that society's way of thinking as it may seem today. But perhaps that's because it's come from a slightly different point of view. Because in Jesus' life, family and family through the father's lineage, lineage was, was the order of faith. Your loyalty was to your father. You were bound by the blood of your father. Your closest relationship would be with the oldest son or other siblings in the family. 
here are my mother, my brothers, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. In Greek, the word used for brother and sister is aldavoi. That's my bit of Greek done for the day. James and um, okay. um, And it's not only used by Jesus in, the, in this sentence here, but it's used throughout the New Testament. Apparently, according to John Mark Homer, who we use quite a lot here to quote things, 340 times it's used in the New Testament by those writing in the Testament to describe how we should be living as a family. And in this reading, Jesus is surrounded by his disciples. And he's obviously asking them to function as a family. Now, the idea of functioning as a family isn't necessarily a new idea at this particular point. And the Bible, obviously, in the New Testament, is full of loads of family orientation images. Certainly with God being as the Father. But the difference here is that God isn't defining his family by his bloodline. He's defining it by whoever does God's will. This means his family is open to Jews and to Gentiles. It's multiracial. It includes women. He's saying that this family is a bigger part of a family, and that bigger family is more important than his blood family. When we accept Jesus into our lives, we are adopted into the family of God. And we read this in Galatians 4, 4 7. Uh, and Galatians 3. Okay. Um, but when the set time had come, God sent his only son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba Father, so you are no longer a slave. God's child. God has made you also an heir. So in uh, childcare proceedings, there are loads of orders that a judge can impose to decide on what is the best with regards to the child's welfare. These could be supervision orders. These can be care orders. <clears throat> but the most severe of these orders is the adoption order. And the reason for this is that adoption order severs all legal ties between that child and the biological family and their parents. And this places all legal rights on the adoption family. This includes inheritance. And this is for life, not just until they turn 18. So that child becomes a part of that family for life. Because we've been adopted into God's family through the suffering of Jesus on the cross, we are bonded by his blood. We are all family. Something that's said quite often is that church isn't an event. It's not a building. It's not something you go to. It's not something that fills the time for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning when the golf courses are shut. <laughs> the church is something you belong to it's your relationship you are called to be part of a family with all those other people around you that God has called 
So how are we doing by this? How are we doing by Jesus' call to live as a family? And more importantly, what does living as a family look like? Now, this, I'm going to go through one or two points. This isn't a, an exhaustive list. It's not going to be overly correct. As I said, I come from a broken, I come from an extended family. Something that has not only gone through my generation, but my generation below me as well. So, I don't know everything about this. But to me, a church family provides support during the hardships of life, such as the loss of a loved one, loneliness, illness, or perhaps when you're having financial issues. But we also celebrate great times together. We celebrate those milestones in life, birthdays, exam results, starting new schools, marriage, birth of new babies, baptisms. We disciple each other and we enhance each other's faith, creating a closeness to God. We spur each other on with Christ-like love and good deeds. And through the church we can do things like that through home groups to help enhance each other's experience and, and disciple people and grow in our faith. And after I finish talking today, we're going to have a quick interview regarding home groups and how you can be part of a home group if you're not already part of one and what does a home group actually do. We make decisions together. Currently we're in this building because we are refurbishing Holy Saviour. That's not one person's decision. That's not even two people's decision. That decision has taken loads of consultation, loads of TCC meetings, loads of arguments, loads of decision making. But it's the decision that we made together. We share responsibilities. Whether that's in the day-to-day -day running of the church and the upkeep of the church, or whether that's in bringing the reality of the kingdom yet to come in today's world, because we are charged to do that. We share each other's burdens. We show compassion. And we show kindness. And yes, at times, there may be time for holding each other accountable. Remember, we are all sinful, we are all broken, we will all sometimes get things wrong. And like all families, there may be times when you get frustrated and upset with your brothers and your sisters. And the church may sometimes seem to you rather more at the Simpsons end of the line than the Waltons end of the line. The Bible gives us advice on how to deal with this such as Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have agreements against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And this also brings to mind John 13.34. And that's the line of a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. So this is not a question of words, it's a question of deeds. We know this, and being in a family is really, really, really hard work. 
even when sometimes things are meant with good intentions. An example of that would be within my family group. I come, as I said, I come from an extended broken family. There are seven adults in the family, or adults or wolves. Well, I grew up with seven teenagers in the household with a mother and a stepdad. We now have families and they so it expands and expands and expands. In 2019, it was coming up to my mother's 70th birthday, which is over the Christmas period. And we had decided as a family, we were going to do something big to celebrate mum's birthday. Because it's mum's birthday. So we started a WhatsApp group. Right, let's start planning what we're going to do. Christmas, either around about Christmas, sort of like uh, 19, uh, 2019 or, or early 2020. And in this WhatsApp group, how difficult was it to try to organise this one special event for our mother? We all had different views on what we should be doing. We all had different needs. Some of us had little children. In fact, my brother had just, my brother's wife had just given birth to a baby boy called Noah. So they didn't want to go abroad, they didn't want to go off to sunny Spain or to France or anything like that. We had, we got a brother up in Edinburgh, who if we're doing England, he might go down to Cornwall. And we had families with older teenagers at the other end of the scale that want to make sure there was something around for them to do as well. So trying to get this thing organised. Chucking COVID on top of that. Oh, yeah. Not going through that again. Okay, but... Sometimes, as I said, it's very difficult to live as a family. And the question is, are we ready to commit together to do family life together? To not only do the good things, to share the things that are going well, but also to work through the hard times together. And where necessary, to say those tough words to each other. Are we really family? And we also need to look at what does this do, or what do we need to do to take this a step further? How do we increase our family? How do we make it better? And I think that maybe this is something that we need to go away from here and think of both individually and collectively. But no one should be able to walk through this door and feel they're not without family. Because the reality of the fact is, people sometimes will give up what family they life they know, what community they know, to walk through the door. Although it's nowhere near as on the scale as perhaps in some cases, but I've experienced that myself. For those of you that have done the quiz or seen me like on Zoom, there's always a picture on my wall of me and my three best mates when I was around about the age of 20, about three years ago. <laughs> um, they were my family. We've done life together. We celebrated life together. We celebrated weddings together. We celebrated birthdays together. The birth of children. We went through hardship together. Unfortunately, one of the 
One of my best friends, Lee, died of Mitchell's disease. But we went through that all together as a family. There was love. There is love. But for me to be stood here today talking to you, there's now a distance in that relationship. It's a cost that I bear to be closer to God. And it's my prayer that someday they will also come to God. And that closeness again can still be there. Now, I'm going to finish very quickly. That Jesus promises something quite significant within Mark 10, 29, 30. And this is the end of the story about the rich man and the Isle of Needle. So we all kind of know where we are within that within the story for those of you that know this is where the rich man asks what do I need to do to follow you and Jesus says sell everything and come follow me rich man goes nah it's alright but then Peter says Jesus we've given up everything and Jesus says this truly I tell you no one who has left home or brothers or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields, for me and the gospel, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. Along with persecution, of course, there's always persecution. And also this in the age to come, the eternal life. So what Jesus is saying is that for those who give up family to walk through our doors, they will receive a hundred times a better family in us. Jesus is offering us up as our family. Are we in a place to be that family? thanks so much for listening we'd love you to be part of our church community you can find out all about us on our website holysavior.church or search for us on social media and we also are really encouraging people to get involved in home groups and or community groups if you're in one or you're thinking about changing one or if you're not in one at all then do get in touch with vicar at holysavior.church and we'd love to help you find your place within our church family. Take care, have a fantastic week. And as ever, if there's anything we can do to help or support, just simply get in touch. Take care.